two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis. Penis. up everyone in NYC musical theater performers I am here with the very Laura Straco I like to go call her Straco so if you hear me say Straco it's because that's what I call her in the background I have a banner that Straco was asking me about that says every day is Halloween uh duh so we are now going to dive in and get inspired by this amazing beauty and her journey to the Broadway how does that sound to you so good it's good. And let me pull out my popsicle so that when I'm eating, if those are wondering, this is a Halo popsicle. We're not sponsored by them. Uh, and it's yeah. coconut flavored and it's very good. And it's 10 a.m. and this is my breakfast so far. So, hey. Breakfast of champions. But it tastes so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Halo is like, Halo Top, I it doesn't, I feel like if I want ice cream, I want like, ice cream like halo top tastes like kind of fake to me like just it doesn't like it doesn't satisfy my like ice cream need that speaks to me that really speaks to me yeah i uh, actually like really really get that i talk about that when it comes to cookies or muffins when people are trying to get the sugar-free i'm like if i'm gonna have a muffin i'm gonna have a muffin i'm not gonna be well behaved period yeah next subject you know and i know that there are other things that you can have that can kind of satisfy the craving absolutely i totally get that however if we're talking about a chocolate chip cookie levain's yeah period like levain's like there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it we're going to levain's so good Mm -hmm. so good magnolia banana pudding kidding me no other i have not had that okay when i i need to do that I haven't done the banana pudding. I think I've done, well, Magnolia Bakery, when you go there, I find it to be overwhelming because there's so much joy behind the glass. So you're like, what will my joy be today? And then you're like looking at all these happy things. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's stressful. It's usually a little touristy too, which I'm, which I, I, I like, I love seeing tourists enjoy parts of our city. Like that's something that I find really cool and fun. Um, but it, that can be overwhelming energy for me too. So it's like, I have to like, if I have the craving, I go in, I beeline for what I want. And then it's like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're yeah. very like, I love it too. Cause I'm a Capricorn. I need efficiency. And they're very like, wait, next move up, step to the line. What do you need? How many? Okay, good. Go. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like, they probably have to do that. Cause you know, there's otherwise people like this. Um, um, yeah. and they're like, nope. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That totally makes sense. All right, let's get let's get let's get down to business. Let's get say hello in the comments for those who are popping on. Um, so Straco, let's start with from the very. I actually want to go from when you graduated high school because I think that is a really interesting part of the journey. Because yeah, high school you do the thing. Um, so could you go on from and, and where was your where was your high school? Uh, where'd you go? I went to Nazareth High School in Nazareth, Pennsylvania like an hour, an hour and a half, a little over that outside of the city. Um, 
And it, it, it was awesome because the proximity to the city, like I grew up coming in to the city all the time, like for field trips and like, um, we would come and see shows. Um, my parents would bring us in for, for little day trips. And I felt, I feel really privileged to have had that, um, accessibility to the city that a lot of people didn't have. Um, and yeah, that is cool. I went, yeah. So I graduated in 2004. Um, and then I only applied to two schools. I was like, I really wanted to go to NYU. I really wanted to go to Cap 21. Um, and then I was like, I just saw pictures of this other school uh, that I really liked their brochure. It literally looked like it stepped out of Harry Potter. It's like, you know, the the stone buildings with like the turrets and the spires and like uh, the mascot was a griffin, like all that. Uh, and, and so I applied to that one too, just because I like the look of it. And I was like, sure, they have here. Okay. Um, and I did... I didn't get in to, to NYU. Um, I had the audition. Uh, when I auditioned for both schools, uh, it turns out I had the flu. I didn't know it at the time. I just thought I felt like super crummy. Um, and looking back, that's probably like one of the first uh, times where my body manifested stress in illness. Oh, yeah. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I was uh, channeling my anxiety, right? Because I was really, really nervous. Um, yeah. And... So yeah, I, I auditioned for NYU, didn't get in, and I got into this other like magical Harry Potter school. Uh, and Wait, it, what is this Harry Potter school? You keep not saying the name. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's probably a build up. I'll let the build up happen, but I'm dying. It's not good. No, Seton Hill University, and everybody's always like, "Oh, Seton Hall. You went to an Ivy League school." And I'm like, "No, like, did I say Seton Hall? I went to Seton Hill." Um, and yes, it looks like it stepped out of Harry Potter. And yes, their mascot's a griffin. And the colors are even crimson and gold. Um, and I, so they didn't have a, a musical theater program. So I was essentially double majoring in music and theater. Um, and love that. I did something similar. I had no idea that I had that. In it wasn't like a, cause they didn't have a BFA program at the time and we were really fighting for it. And so I'm, I'm very glad that they have it now. And now they're even like, they have blown up since I've, since I've gone there. I mean, now they have a dance major. We didn't even have a dance minor, um, when I went there. And so a lot of the things that we were like, we need this for, to prepare ourselves for the professional world of performing. Um, I'm very glad to see that they have since gotten those things. Um, but I really loved taking all the music classes. I loved, I took so many voice lessons that I ended up just like accidentally getting a, a minor in vo- vocal performance because I just had so many credits from it. <laughs> so I was like, I want to take jazz voice. I want to take improv. And yes, I'll do all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it really became the kind of, the kind of college experience that truly you got out of it, what you put into it. Um, and I'm very grateful to still have like a really lovely relationship with all of my professors. Um, they came to see previews, uh, back before the pandemic. I mean, they're so supportive. I go back and chat with them every once in a while and they're just, they're just awesome. And I, I still think of my, my voice teacher, Lynn from, from college as one of my favorite, uh, voice teachers of just all time. She's just has stuck with me. Um, but yeah, and then I graduated in 2008. Um, did a 
I think of it as like my gap year in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I was not performing. <laughs> I did a, but I was in the, I was in the world. I did an internship at Center Stage, um, their front of house internship, which was awesome. Met some of my best friends there. Um, got to manage a volunteer corps and just being in that community and being in another city. I didn't realize that I could love another city like I love New York. And Baltimore just has like such a beautiful vibe to it. So much culture, so many uh, amazing people, very hospitable. Um, and the art scene is just hot. Uh, so I was there for a year and then I got a performing internship uh, in Memphis, moved down to Memphis for a year. Uh, and then I joined at uh, Playhouse on the Square, and then I joined their resident theater company for one year. And then I kind of got to Is that where you did Peter Pan? Mm hmm And then you also did Hairspray. You were Penny? Yeah. I did, yeah. I did so many shows there. It's such a, it's such a good place to perform, especially coming out of college, because, like, I feel like I've, I've developed my work ethic there. Yeah. Because you, like you just get in this mode of like you rehearse you open you rehearse you open and like the shows overlap so you always have like a a, a little bit of time where you're like performing one and rehearsing the other and then you have like a little period where you're just doing one and then you're performing one rehearsing the other and you do that over and over for a year and you just learn to like be on top of your shit and come to work prepared and be professional and, and be a part of the team like that that really got instilled in me um down in memphis i'm very grateful for that that's awesome um so yeah so i was there a total of two years and then i was like okay like i've been out of school for three years now if i don't go to the city if i don't move to new york like i'm literally never gonna go um and so i moved i moved and um booked a non-union national tour right away with your husband. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and those damn Yankees. We were actually talking about when we, uh, the song, one of the songs came up when we were listening to musical theater music on a road trip. And what part were you in it? I was like, wasn't she one of the funny people? I was. Yeah, I was I was a, a definite, like, comedic relief. I was, uh, the character's name was Sister. So, a lot of thought put into these female characters. Yes. Um, and, yeah, she, she was just basically uh, one of the two kind of, like, slap sticky women that would come on for the for the leading uh female and kind of like relieve the tension every once in a while it's like that's fine it's such a great part it's hilarious it was, yeah. it was fun it was an, it was an, uh, a cake track it wasn't you know it didn't feel like a whole lot of work princess uh, it was a princess track i mean but like i feel like i feel like a princess track is like you you still get the the baubles and you get like your shining mom you get you oh know, yeah 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 long, you know um you sing a song steal the show then you go back and you finish right it's Fontaine it's Sex it's in the City or whatever show you're watching yeah 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 you know um but it but yeah that was a lot of fun and and we were really lucky to have that be our first experience tour. A lot of us had that be our first experience touring together because we were like, what's going on collectively? Like, <laughs> so yeah. that was very, that was very helpful. Um, yeah. And then I bounced around, I bounced around for a while, a while and worked regionally, did a, a you know, we, we worked together at the palace, of course, um, did five shows at the palace and, um, the Christmas Carol tour with them and just kind of kept working 
regionally for a while because the the things kept coming in. Did so, you have gaps where you weren't working? And if so, what did you do? What did you do to get by during those things? I I worked um, at a restaurant in Midtown uh, at Oceana. I was a maitre d', and that was like that was like my only job through all of that oh, for like six years, six or seven years. Uh, when I first moved to the city, that was like all I did. I I um, would go and come back and go and come back. And they were super lovely because they were like, you always have a job, just come and go when you need to. But, you know, eventually it got to the point where as flexible as they were with me, I was starting to feel more of a pull on my schedule from uh, performing related things. Uh, you know, once I got an agent and once my agent, who's incredible, once my agent was like, you need to be available for every appointment that we get for you. Like you don't say no to an appointment. So it's yeah. like that last, sometimes you get that last minute and you would have to be like, sorry. And, but like, that doesn't work for a restaurant. Like they need consistency. Um, and then the final thing that kind of made me like, okay, I'm um, this chapters can, can end is when, um, Maurice and I booked the, the booked cats on Royal Caribbean because I was like, I'm going to be away for eight months. She's saying memories. So everybody knows she was very good. That's okay, it. Continue. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm going to be away for eight months. And when I come back, like, I it just felt like it was time for a shift. I was like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need this restaurant job because it was becoming a little bit of like a, reason to not like a like an excuse for saying if I was like scared to do something or like didn't want to take a show I'd be like well I can't leave the restaurant right now because they're super busy and they either they will need me this season you know um and that's not a reason to not perform for me so so yeah I I thanked them profusely they they were so good to me over the years and and ended that chapter and then when I came back from the ship I was like Oh my God, this was in 2018 when we came back from the ship and I was like freaking out. Well, I met with my agent and I was like, okay, like, what do we do? How do I book the next thing? Like, where do I, can I get, I, I, I would do another ship contract if it was like, maybe, I don't know, shorts, I don't know, what do I do? He was like, chill. He's like, if you can commit to staying in the city for a year, we can probably get you on Broadway. And I was like, okay, like, lies. That's not, you know, that's never promised. Um, and I had never done that before, though. That was the thing that stopped me when he said that. I was like, I've never just focused my energy on staying in the city. I've always focused my energy on booking, 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 if that, and wherever that was, and like, you know, kind of taking everything. And so I started just like, Turn, turning down a couple things and um, really focusing my energy on meeting people and meeting casting directors and, and introducing them to my work and getting their feedback. And, and that was the most valuable thing. Yep. Yep. I get that. I definitely get that. I, I like how you're opening up about this because I know you are not alone with this struggle. I know it. I know you're not feel like any part of my of my career has been a struggle honestly I've I've always been very um I mean like 
there are parts about this industry that are that are challenging but i know in in my privilege like in looking back on everything i've almost always had a job i have money has always come like in that aspect it has not been a struggle at all yeah um, and i think what has been what has been the most challenging is just dealing with my living with myself in this industry and how uh how important my mental health is and taking care of myself so that i can be the best artist because when we have like people taking care of themselves individually and coming to this work and coming into this industry as uh cared for and cherished and loved human beings we make better art and we it's like, true. It's true because then we're more available. We're more, more emotionally secure. More available. Right. Yeah, well, and you, and you collaborate with others so much better, and you and uh, you're more empathetic, and and you realize uh, how valuable everyone is to this industry, and uh, the voices that need to be amplified, and just you know. So 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 yeah. I would not. I would not say that a large portion of my I don't I don't want to like think of any part of my career as a struggle I like that I totally get I totally get your vibe on that I love it yeah yeah I get that I get that it's part of the journey because it's so easy to come into this industry and be like it's hard this is going to be hard and like painful and like it doesn't have to be like that right yeah it's just you doing it and you're just keep taking steps towards more and more yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's like that, that to that, when we label things like difficult or struggle or things like that, it's like that also kind of coincides with this idea of like what success is in this, in this industry. And like, it's uh, like, you're not succeeding if you're not working. And that's not, that hasn't been the case for me. Like yeah. I, I have felt successful throughout my career so far because I've been working and training and traveling and doing things I love and just making myself a better artist all around. And that doesn't mean just performing. I love that. I love that. It's also preventative. It's preventative of you becoming a lifetime movie or a 2020 special. Which is really um, good money, though, if you're yeah. active, not if you're the, you know, not if you're the story, the, the, the story, t- 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 story t- yes, yes. But she, she had no struggles. So they're like, they have nothing to cover. So you're safe, yeah, yeah. safe, <laughs> safe. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. Um, VIP kid. Did we talk about that? Uh, we did. Gosh, a long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah. So, right. so, right oh, okay. Just, just making sure. So for VIP kid, that was another survivor job. I want you to talk about, cause it did overlap a little bit with when you were working at the restaurant that helped you out. I think a bit too, with having yeah. some sort of income that was like fine wherever you were, which I think yeah. is a good thing for you to share. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Of course. I, I joined VIP kid. Um, my friend from tour also Angelica Ritchie, she, um, introduced me to VIP kid and helped me out a lot with that. And yeah, it's an, it's an awesome company. It's like, look, it's like one of those jobs where it's a 99 work, it's gig work. Um, so you're 100% in charge of your schedule. Uh, but it's not gonna, it, it never, like I would have had to really exhaust myself to make a living doing that. And I wasn't um, ever 
going to do that. So I, I was like, it's a 12 hour time difference. Like I'm not getting up at 4am and teaching from 4am to 10am. To so, you know, I'm not doing that every day because that's not healthy. I need rest. I need, you know, all that thing. So, but yeah, but yeah, it's an awesome company. You don't have to do and very, you have to do very minimal prep. Like they make all the lesson plans for you. A lot of these other teaching companies, like you come up with the lessons and, and materials and things like that. VIP kid takes care of everything. Um, and the students are lovely and incredible. That's actually been the hardest part. It's like coming and going so much. I like miss my students and my students will like message me on WeChat and they're like, where are you? Like, <laughs> we miss you. What happened to teacher Lara? I'm like, I was making a movie. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> just like go away. It's like the unhealthiest thing for children, right? The inconsistency. Um, so yeah, but, but I love it because it's it has always been like that extra you know, three, $400 a week that I can like, uh, what's the word? So I turn into $1 bills, putting your panties into a dance floor. Yes. Easy, easy money, right? Easy money. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a great, they're a great company and they still, but now it's tough because, um, China's putting new regulations on like when kids can have screen time and uh, how like how and when kids can take classes. So like it used to be wild west, right? You could have classes seven nights a week, seven mornings a week because kids could take a class like before school in the morning or they could take class like all day on the weekends you could teach. It was so easy, right? Oh, so it's to limit so they have some downtime basically yeah. to protect now, the kids. Yeah. Now sense. it's limited where they can't have screen time uh on weeknights, I believe, and they can't take lessons on the weekends. So it's like very very limited or they can only have like a certain amount of hours of screen time i forget what it is but um because i recently you know during the pandemic i taught a little bit more like because we don't i don't go back to work until monday um so i've been trying to like pick up a couple extra classes just to like do that and it's been a little sparse but um i think it's just me getting used to their their new way of doing things so Absolutely. I definitely get that. I definitely get that. Yeah. Okay. So what was your show before the Broadway show? What was my show before? You mean the last thing that I did before Diana? Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, I think it was, I think it was Mambo Italiano. Oh yeah. That was the last thing because I came back from the ship in the beginning of 2019 yes i came back from our our ship contract ended march 2019 and then i had a couple months of auditioning and then in the summer i did mambo italiano at westchester broadway theater r.i.p they did not make it oh yes there. that's right they didn't us oh, I, I hate shame. yeah that sucks it's a real shame because that theater was they had good length of contracts it was like a it, it, i mean it was like a 10 or 11 week contract um and they you could stay in the city uh, they, they bust you. They, I mean, we drove ourselves, but like they would transport you. Um, so that is a, that is a real loss. And the money was like decent. 
Yeah. So, uh, but did that show, and again, like, it was it was a fun show to do. Met some amazing people and made lifelong friends. Um, and yeah, that was summer and early fall, like into September of 2019. And then November 2019, I booked Diana. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this audition. Wait, did I miss anything on the journey? I'm sure I did. There's always so many more things to do. So we talked about that. Oh, can you talk about doing your acting classes during this whole time? How that kept your spirit alive? That's actually a huge. Uh, so we're going to. So this is overlaps all the working that Stracos was doing. Could you talk about that? Where, when you decided to to take acting class, why, and how that made a big difference? Because I know it did. Okay, so I was, um, I can't even tell you what year it was. Now, I've been at I've been at MCS for a long time, but I was um, house sitting for someone named Gabrielle Ruiz. You may know her from Crazy Ex-Girlfriends. I um, know her. That's how you got connected. You met her through me? Did you meet her through me? No, I don't remember. I might have. Like, I might have. I remember when you told me that you were going to do that for her. It's so cool. Yeah. So maybe you introduced, because I was trying to think. I was like, how did I meet her? Oh, she's mm-hmm. so nice. Oh, yeah. Cool. Angel. Oh, Angel. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was house-sitting for, I'll never forget, it was when they were still up in Astoria, and... Um, I was house sitting and it just kind of came up in conversation. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm looking for an acting studio. And she stopped and she was like, I have a studio that'll change your life. And I was like, okay, like, sure. You know, that was my cynical, like, right, right, right. Like, okay, try me. And, um, she gave me Matt's information and I emailed and you know, Matt does interviews. It's not like you can just show up to a class and drop in. You can't observe. I love that about his class, by the way, that he's like, no, no observing. Just like you come and you interview and I can, I can, he can tell if you're like a good fit for his studio. So I went in and I was running late. I had like missed my train. I was sweaty. I was, I didn't put makeup on. I was like, I'm going to make the worst impression on this guy. I was pissed at myself. I was so disappointed in myself that I showed up like haggard. Right. Um, and I sat down and I was like, look, I was like, I'm irritated. I'm mad. I was like, I'm frustrated. And he was like, you will do well here. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, this is the perfect fit for you. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was my getting into MCS and um, Matthew Corazine Studio. Check it out; it's Meisner Training. He will change your world. You know. Um, I mean, I have a bias. Yes, I started this year, twenty twenty one. So yep. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the thing: what I love so much about this studio is like a million things. But the first one, top of mind, is. I feel like all throughout my acting training up until joining the studio, I was told, we hear all the time, leave it at the door, leave it at the door. Like you put all your bullshit outside and come in and like do the work. And MCS was like the first place that was like, bring all your bullshit with you and allow it invited into the work allow it to inform like your your life experience your who you are in this moment should inform 
the work that you're doing. How well, how could it not? And if you try to if you try to leave it at the door, if you try to push it out, that's only harming you. You know, it's much healthier to just like allow it all in because when we leave it at the door, we're saying it's wrong. It doesn't it doesn't belong in my artistry. My my hurt and my uh, shame or whatever I'm feeling doesn't um, have value, and that's not true. It all has um, it all has importance because it's part of me. So this studio helped me to see all of the shades of myself are important and valuable and should be a part of my creativity. And in the pro- in the process, you just like heal. It helps heal you too, you know, because you're actually processing your shit. You're not avoiding it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, I I really get that. No, I I mean that's what I'm experiencing as well. So it, it's phenomenal, and it keeps. I think what's really cool, and I want to bring that up because even when working at the restaurant, you had that going on to feed you, to be like always in it you know, around loving souls, you know, supportive, supportive people, supportive community and, and getting to always work in your craft, I think helped too a lot in a great, yeah. such a great way. It's my, I mean, I, I'm newer to it, but I mean, I already, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really a, it's, it's very much a place where you can uh, come and, 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 and be held and just like everything is going on. I remember I had class the day after uh, Donald Trump was elected and I was just like, thank God I had, thank God I have class. I remember thinking that I was like, thank God I have class today because I felt so broken and everything felt so impossible. And, um, and, and Matt has such a good way of like honoring what's going on and also um, setting it, setting it to the side, letting it stay, letting it hang out, but not um, letting you dwell in it, like giving you a reprieve from it for a second. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get what you mean. Okay, now we're on to the Broadway show experience. Now, what did you see the ad in Playbill? Did you see, where did you seeth the wordeths? It was an ECC, an equity course call on the equity, the portal. And I signed up online. Okay. All right. So you went in. What song did you sing? How was it? You walked in. What were you wearing? So first, I will say. Perfume. (laughs) Tova. It's always been Tova for years. Um, You can only get it on QVC. So first, I will say. I have to thank Natalie Gallo, that I who I met doing um, uh, Mambo Italiano at Westchester Broadway in 2019. Because I was like, I'm in this place. My agent told me to stay in the city, like trying to, you know, work in the city and stay here. And she was like, go to ECCs. I only ever go to ECCs because as like a singer first, the ECCs are required to have someone from the music department there. So you will have someone who is not just a casting assistant, not that they're not important and lovely and wonderful they are, but you will have someone from the music department who is able to hear 
the instrument that you're coming in with. So I was like, okay, noted. Like, I'll pay attention to ECCs. So when I saw the ECC, I was like, oh, like I could, I could do this for sure. Um, and I saw that it was Rachel Hoffman casting it. And I had been doing a lot of um, master classes with Rachel Hoffman because I really, um, there was something about just how she is in the room is just very uh, present and very respectful. And I, I didn't feel like really seen by a lot of casting directors, like truly seen. Um, and she And she always gives that. And so I really wanted to just get more feedback from her. So I started, so I had been doing these, these workshops with her. So I saw that she was going to be in the room that day and I was really excited. Uh, it was just Rachel and, uh, another young woman and of course the accompanist. And, um, I wore, uh, you know, I love black. I wore a black skirt and like fabulous black heels and I wore this black sheer blouse with like ruffles on it with like a really pretty bra underneath and it had one of those you'll love this pussy bows uh one of those bows that ties at the neck um and I like did my hair up uh and because I wanted to look like a little bit uh in the world of when this is how I like to dress when I go into auditions for specific shows right honoring my authenticity within the world of the show so mm. my authenticity was like 100% present in this outfit. I felt like a rock star. And I also felt like the styling of it honored the world of the show. So I felt great about that. Um, and I sang a Lynn Shankle song from, and forgive me, I'm forgetting the lyricist's name. Oh, bad on me. But um, this song from her musical, Bear, and uh it's called you don't know and um i really liked it i really felt like it uh fit the message of the show or what i thought the show to be about um because the song was all about like don't you uh don't you wish i could don't don't you see like i wish i could change myself enough to fit in but like i can't I can't help who I am and I'm, I, I want to be myself and I uh, am starting to like not care whether you can handle that or not. I'm, I'm starting to just like, it's, it's a song about like stepping into your own. And I thought that was so appropriate for Diana. Um, and I will never forget after I finished the song and I like felt good about it. I had like practiced the acting moments, you know, I felt good. And after I sang it, this is what Rachel did. She just went, good. Good, Laura. And I was like, oh, I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, I felt really good about that. But, but there was just something different. There was something different. And I was like, I don't know. Um, and I just left and I'll, I'll, I remember calling Maurice, I remember calling my partner and being like, I don't know, that just felt like really good. Like no matter what happens, like I won that, like I won in there today because I was authentic. I sang what I wanted to sing. I was just, that was a win, you know? Um, and then I was in class, I was in MCS 
maybe like the next day or later that day or something. It wasn't long after. And I get a text from my agent and he's like, okay, this appointment that I'm about to send you, we need to age her up. And I was like, okay, like whatever. Um, and I get a callback for an ensemble track that has to understudy Queen Elizabeth for Diana. And I was like, <laughs> I had never, I had never gotten an appointment, a callback, anything from the Telsey office and, uh, much less a Broadway show. Um, and so, and that, that felt really amazing. And, um, be, and I, and I came to realize that what they were looking for was a very specific kind of track of like someone that could be young enough to fit into the ensemble and, play you know these different uh character parts oh my god oh my god sorry i just then and then (laughs) be able to age up a little bit to play the queen who in this in this part gosh back in like the 80s early 90s how how old would that have made her like in her 50s yeah 50s maybe um so 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 yeah it, it was a very a very specific kind of track and um i mean it's a it's a much longer story i had like six or seven callbacks before the final final and um here we are could you talk about for the six or seven callbacks do you remember you don't need to remember the order but the different people behind the table if it changed or if it was always the same totally changed so first i well i found out in that first ecc that it was Haley bennett um behind the desk and she is associate assistant music director i forget i forget her exact title um but she's just like a total music whiz and i'm also biased because we're birthday twins um but so she uh okay so i had the first callback first callback was with rachel and Haley again and some and, and a woman that like i never saw again so i actually don't know who that was i don't know if she was a producer that i just but i've like met a lot of our producers now and i don't i had never saw her again so um uh, so her and then um and then they had me do a work session with ian eisendrath who is like oh i love him to the end of time he's insanely talented he's the music director and he like did did i think the arrangements and stuff for um he worked with with david bryan for that um Ian was behind the table uh, with Rachel and they like coached me on the queen material, like within mm. an inch of his life. I was very grateful for that. And all the while, both between all of these callbacks, I was doing coachings with Matt uh, and coachings with my voice teacher. I was like, I'm going to prepare this shit within an inch of its life. Like no question about it. And um, so that when I went in for each callback, I knew that the material was here. I knew it was here so I could focus on like, being in the moment um so that was okay so first callback rachel and Haley and some lady i don't know and then second callback work session with ian eisendrath and rachel hoffman and then third callback was a dance call with the kelly divine and our assistant dance captain bethany tessar uh taught the combination super lovely i was like yes women power this like whole process it was like it's just a lot of girl power and I freaking loved it um and that was actually a lot of fun doing that mover call um and on the piano for that mover call was Aaron Jodwan who was um who does um save my audition and he was the one that was running all of those workshops with Rachel Hoffman 
that I was taking before this whole process. Um, so that was the dance call. And then I had a callback with, I want to say some of the team, like maybe the, maybe the director of Chris Ashley and, um, the, and the writers, David Bryan and Joe Pietro, um, and Ian was there and, um, yeah, just like an initial, like in front of the team, show us what you've been working on. And then from there, I had a, uh, there was a second dance call and then it was like a, it was like a two part day. There was a second dance call, uh, in front of the team. Like the first dance call was just in front of the dance team. Uh, then the second dance call was in front of the entire creative team. And then, um, that was at like 10 AM. And then at four 30, I had my final final, which was in front of the whole creative team and the producers. So there were like maybe 20, 25 people in the room. Jesus. It was really, it was really yeah. And honestly, you get kind of like, you get accustomed to each layer adding on because there's like time in between. You have like a couple days in between each of these callbacks. These callbacks happened over like a two week span. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not as overwhelming as it sounds because by the time you get to the final final, you've already been in the room with the full creative team a couple of times. So it's like a little overwhelming that there's like added producers and you're like, who are these people? Um, but it's okay because there's enough familiar faces that you still feel safe. Yeah. So I get that. Oh, that's so cool. I love that so much. Hold on. My cat has literally been knocking on the door. Aww. Okay. You want to okay. come in? Oh, boy. Hi. Hi. It's a girl. So we're going to hear some meowing for a little bit. Aww. Because uh, she needs attention. Huh? See? Mine are, mine are good. I have one sleeping on my on my yoga mat and one sleeping in the cat tower. So I love that you have cats now. I love that you have cats. I love it. I love it so freaking much. They're finally getting to the point where we can leave them unattended. We don't have to like lock the new one away. Although they oh. still they still get into spats now. They so we've had her for almost like maybe like a month and a half now. Yeah, and they still get into spats every once in a while where it's like where they actually meow at each other and like this morning she scratched his little nose and I was like oh my god so that's normal right tell me that's normal it's normal okay thank you yeah that's cats cats are are cats <laughs> I love them very much but yes they're cats and so you was it a phone call how did you like after the last call back how quickly did you, what was that turnaround? Are you getting informed? Like, uh, how, what was that experience? I, um, I found out, like, low-key that night. Oh, wow. I found out officially, like, a couple days later. Okay, so when you found out Loki, so you're just, you turned to Maurice, you're like, oh my god, we are opening up the bubbly. No or were you just like... I was home alone. I was home alone. My agent texts me and he's like, Hey, do you have a second? Can you chat? And I was like, yeah. Um, and he was like, Oh, my phone is being weird. I have to FaceTime you. And I was like, okay. So he faced, so he FaceTimes me and he's just like, and I just started crying. <laughs> 
and he took a screenshot. He's horrible for that. But I have that picture forever now, which is amazing. And then the next morning I got up and I, and I had to teach and I'm like, I was like, well, but no. So that night, of course I called Maurice. I called my parents. Those were the only people that I absolutely, I mean, there's, they're your home. Yeah. I I couldn't tell anybody else. Um, and then that was like kind of the hardest thing was like knowing that I had it in the bag, but not being able to tell people because so many people also this was the first time that I really um told people and can we just like I feel like so often we don't tell people about auditions that we do really well at because we feel like we don't want to jinx it I just want to like get rid of that habit myself and like talk about the auditions that I feel like I do really well at because I felt like I was doing really well throughout this audition process so I was just telling people I wanted to like talk about it and like if I think because I knew in my heart I was like if I don't book this I've it's already a win because I've gotten further than I've ever gotten yeah on one of these projects so it didn't matter I mean of course I wanted to book it but that didn't that didn't place value for me what I already had the value was that I was proud of my work and I and I knew that I was doing right by myself Um, so I had been telling people this whole time that I was like having these callbacks and I was like another one and another one and another one and so people were always checking in and being like how was it so any update any update anything and and even after I knew I had to be like no, but I tried to be like, but I have a good feeling, you know, I tried to like, I tried to like at least uh, lean into it so people would be like, okay, great, and then not, you know, yeah, bring me about it. Um, so, yeah. And then the official offer, official offer, what was that like? Oh, I mean, just. Was it a phone call? Um, you know, I don't remember if it was a I feel like I feel like it was a verbal um no it was verbal and then uh contracts came in and I had to like sign that but still not um talk about they just asked that like you didn't talk about it until uh they did like the playbill release of the cast, the a formal casting announcement. So once I signed my contract and stuff like that, I told, you know, the rest of my family, close friends and stuff like that, um, still not posting anything on social media or anything like that, waited until the, the, the casting announcement um, came out, but. Huge, so great. So great. Oh my God. I mean, just such a, such a win. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm so grateful. All of you get to start, go back to rehearsals on Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm so happy for the cast and everybody to get to be back together in that way. And because of it, I don't know if you would have had a Netflix credit. Like you all have a freaking Netflix credit. Well, and apparently, apparently the plan was always to, to do it. Okay. But I think like even pre pandemic, but I think, um, of course it would have just been like bananagram scheduling wise, like having to do it on our days off or like, you know, canceling shows for a week to like do it because we ended up doing like four or five days of filming. So it's like, 
that would have been a, a full week practically, you know, and wow. more because of how they had to like gut the orchestra to like get everything in there, all the cameras and stuff. Um, so it, so I, I, it would have happened anyway, but like it made it, it made it easier to focus on just that instead of having to like cram it in around like everything. I love it. On. Cause you're now, you're now IBDB. IMDB mm-hmm. and is there a website for music because you're also an original cast album oh, no I don't know if there's a website you're um, all you're, it's it's you're not winning the award but you're almost like an egot someday <laughs> <laughs> someday but you get what I'm saying though you're like you're getting all these things like you're on the internet I'm there baby um so uh, cool yeah it's i yeah i feel i feel really really lucky i feel really lucky i love it i love it thank you so much for coming on to tell this story it's just worth it hearing every moment getting inspired by it i i love your positivity and just your honesty your your truthfulness on your journey always you're just magical where can people follow you on social media um, I follow me on Instagram at this is Laura Stracco. Um, and you'll, you know, see all of the fun behind the scenes stuff of going back to Broadway and what that's like, uh, because I love to, to share that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm also a green captain, uh, one of the green captains for our shows. So you get, you know, um, a look into what it's like trying to keep our show as earth conscious as possible on Broadway um and we're also working on a lot of really awesome uh EDI initiatives in our show a lot of things that we're really proud of um so exciting things happening so follow me on Instagram this is Lara Strago find me on YouTube watch all my ridiculous videos um I don't have TikTok yet but if anybody wants to teach me how to use it I mean I have it if you want to teach me how to use it I'm game um (laughs) And yeah, Facebook, I don't care. I don't really use Facebook anymore, but whatever. It's mostly Instagram at this point for me. I get it. All right. Thank you for coming up. I am a Zimran.